Welcome to Shared Insights, the podcast from BA Insight. My name is Pete Wright, and it's old home week this week. We've got two returning guests here to share some of the things they are most excited about as we crest the wave into the second half of 2018 in the world of search. BA Insight CTO and Chief Customer Officer Sean Coleman is here. Hello, Sean. Hi, Pete. Glad to be back. Excellent, sir. And chair of the BA Insight Advisory Board uh, and known around here as the voice of BA Insight. It's Jeff Freed. Hi, Jeff. Hello there, Pete and Sean. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure, sir. We've got some we've got a lot happening going uh, right now uh, in the first half of 2018. And uh, we haven't done a fair check in uh, on the things you are most excited about the trends you've seen in and around search at conferences uh, and uh, in, in the work that you are doing in search. So we're going to talk about that today. Sean, I'll kick it to you. Where was this? Uh, where did this come from? And what are you uh, what, are, what are some of the highlights for you that uh, are coming in 2018 that you're very excited about working with? Yeah, no, this is a, this is a great topic, and I'm sure I'm sure Jeff's chomping on the bit to add some stuff in here. But uh, you know, we've had a lot of of good conversations this year in a couple of different places that we've gone. But man, the one thing, and I guess I'm probably beating a dead horse when I say that it, it's it's kind of AI driven has been the key word that that I've just heard, right? But what and we you know AI is is it hype? Is it real? Is it what? Right? People are asking those questions. And so what we've started digging into, and I think what's got me most excited is I'm actually starting to see real use cases for AI, right? So instead of someone just saying, hey, our platform's AI driven, and you go, well, in, in what way, <laughs> right? And, they, and they're kind of like, well, it's, there's algorithms in the background. Well, now we're seeing... <laughs> You know, we're seeing actual AI integrations that that bring stuff, and I'll and I'll give an example, right? I- image and video tagging, right? Images and video from a from a content perspective for enterprises have been these kind of lock boxes of information. And I know I have them, and I got a bunch of them, right? Videos and images, but I don't really know what they're about unless someone named them really well. But most of them are named Video One or DSC Two Nine Five JPEG, right? Because your camera took it. Um, so we've actually integrated with a couple of different cognitive platforms, Microsoft and Google, and are able to take those images and videos and pass them off to those services. And then it feeds back what the image is about or what the video is about. I mean, a couple funny examples. We, we took a video of South Park, right, and gave it to Google and Google gave us back Eric Cartman, which is amazing <laughs> that it figured that out. Um, but, th- but another one where there's a guy riding a bike and he falls over. And you pass it to Google and Google says bike, person riding bike, bike accident, right? So so the ability to crack into video content, image content, and really figure out what it's about, uh, that's kind of a game changer for search in that you've now you've unlocked all this content that you had traditionally kind of locked up. So, you know, super excited about that. Yeah, I'll I'll echo that, Sean. You know, we, we... We both see that happening at BA Insight, especially since we, we added those capabilities in through this, this integration, but they're increasingly real. Everything from, you know, I, I'm spending these days a lot of time in healthcare and there's video systems that look at people walking and use gait analysis to tell whether they've had a stroke. So I, I'm expecting to see a lot of this sort of bike accident, oh, I fell out of bed, for sort of home health care and search is a key role in that because there's all these other signals that you need to accommodate in this sort of this this pattern matching way it doesn't come from one source it comes from what's in the video feed 
what's happening in the context, and things from several different places. So AI is still overhyped, but uh, who was I talking to yesterday who said, well, right now, you know, 30 out of our 1,000 applications are actually using some kind of AI. I expect in five years there'll be only 30 out of 1,000 that are not. I think that's right. I think that's a great that's a great stat, right? I mean, and the more that we look into it, and the more that I'm sure you see this, Jeff, is is that the kind of the growth of these frameworks, right? So so Google and and Microsoft offering these as 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 platforms to integrate in, right? So instead of a development team saying, "Hey, we want to integrate AI," so we have to go and figure out how to build these algorithms and how to feed it data and this stuff, then what you what what these large organizations have done is kind of consumerize that capability. So you've got all of the power behind them. And so I think that's, what's going to facilitate that growth you're talking about to go from, yeah, 30, only 30 apps really doing it to, you know, the other 30 that aren't kind of being left out in the dust. And I think that that speaks a lot to, I was actually, it's funny. I was working on a blog the other day and hopefully this will come up pretty soon, but you know, are, are we, are we in this AI revolution area right that 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 we're just kind of on the precipice of it really kind of hitting a hitting the kind of the, the the high high speed high velocity that 30 years from now do you look come back and look at this and compare it to the industrial revolution right and 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 how much did humanity gain over that it's a kind of, it's an exciting time and uh it'll be interesting to see how history paints it are we are we in the start of it and it's going to get really really great or uh is it going to be kind of eh? That was AI, and it wasn't as much as it was it was heft up to be. I, I think I'm leaning a little bit more to the former than the latter, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I'm hoping it gets uh, that, that the hype dies out a little bit because I do think we'll have a bit of a crash. The superpower we've talked on this blog before about the superpower arms race in in cognitive computing, and that's absolutely what we're seeing from what you talked about, Sean. That, that not just the video and audio things, but also bots are so prevalent that they're no longer weird and they're no longer a, a, a curiosity. Now they're, they've passed the Turing test. You know, the whole Google I.O. or, you know, the, the Google calls where you can't tell it's not a person. Yeah, this is the uh, Google Duplex demo that's been uh, uh, racing around the internet, uh, in, in which you know Sundar Pichai gets up and says, "Hey, you're going to listen to an actual call of Google Duplex. Uh, uh, you know, calling your Google Assistant is going to call a store, and uh, or, or in this the first case was a hair salon, and and make an appointment in which they had to juggle schedules with the receptionist at the salon, and and the whole time what you're hearing is this next gen Google Assistant uh, trying to you know, navigate your schedule on your behalf without revealing that it is, in fact, a a, a bot uh, doing the work. Well, actually, um, That's, yeah, it's hilarious. I, I have awesome. to reveal that I'm a bot right now. <laughs> <laughs> we replaced Jeff with a bot. No one, no one can tell. We fed all of his uh, information in the computer. Now, it's actually a funny. It's actually a funny story. I, I had a very similar. So that someone called me and they were asking me a bunch of questions, and they were like, they were so on script. That I, that I said, are you a real person? Like, cause it, they were, they were dead on and they, they were. It turned out that they were a real person, but it's funny that, that it went both ways. I, I said, this, this can't, this has to be a recording because right. they're, they were so on script that, uh, they never broke, but it, eventually I, it did. I said, 
are you are you actually a real person? And she goes, oh yes, I'm a real person now. Maybe it was still a bot. <laughs> exactly. Now I don't Wouldn't know. a bot say that, Sean? <laughs> right. You, a bot would be like, like, I am a not a bot. Rube <laughs> in this case, and this is your business. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, well, it, you know, it gets to the next level here of just just being able to improve search by using these bots. And it sounds like that's what Google's already doing, you know, where you start hearing reports of businesses that are receiving calls, asking questions about, you know, hours and location and traffic and that sort of stuff about businesses and uh, that it turns out that that is already a Google bot for Google Maps. You are talking to Google Maps and and Maps is just trying to improve its data set. There's a uh, an interesting example of of sort of the human machine interaction to improve uh, ultimately improve search for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, with with a lot of kind of creepy overtones to it for sure. <laughs> but but the, it goes the goes yeah. the other way. I mean Almost all of these bots are search-driven under the hood because to access the variety of information you need to actually be conversational, it's fuzzy matching. Mm -hmm. And often, you know, again, in, in sort of the hospital cases, I'm starting to see this in home health care, that uh, people are calling often to make appointments, often to check things, and that's a pretty pedestrian case. But an FAQ, you know, I have a rash. What do I do? That's not the kind of thing I'd want to really be speaking to a bot about, but it's apparently a very popular service. <laughs> well, especially when you bring back in the, uh, the, the, you know, image video tagging, that sort of a thing. If you take a picture of your rash and suddenly the bot can take a stab at what your rash is, and uh, that's, that's a little bit of a nerve-wracking interaction with the uh, healthcare industry. Kind of what Watson's doing, right? I mean, yeah. <clears throat> they have that. You, you feed it all this information and it's able to fill that out. But I mean, what we were talking about there really kind of got me thinking, you know, so so Google Maps is calling people to build up its metadata, right? The more data it has, the better it's able to do its job. And that's, gosh, we've been beating that drum on search for years, yeah. right, Jeff? And and think about this, right? So So not a bot in search that's, going to help a user find what he's looking for, but a bot that's going to reach out to the people that are contributing content and ask them a couple of questions. You know, so when we talk about, you know, hey, you, you need metadata, we've got our auto classifier that generates metadata, man, a, a bot interface on that, that after someone uploads a document says, uh, hey, Jeff, that uh, that document, we, we took a look and we thought it was about rashes. Is it? Which, which type of rash is it about? And you're like, oh, it's about this one, right? And uh, you're conversationally giving metadata that now makes it much more accurate for people to search and find it. That's a, I, I got to think we're not too far away from that. I think you're right. And um, I just sent you a picture of my rash, Sean. <laughs> I, uh, know, I deleted it. Tagging. My bot, my email bot said, you don't want to look at this. <laughs> and is what and boy, me. it was right. <laughs> bots are getting in the way of other bots. How much of this is uh, is sort of requires uh, an exponential growth in in data to process? I was thinking about it because you know two weeks ago I turned on my Apple Watch as part of the Stanford Heart Experiment. You know the cardiac research that they're doing. There's a little app that runs on my watch and it takes uh, uh, you know samples of my heart rate resting and exercising throughout the day and night and uploads it to Stanford as part of this. 
uh, this research they're doing. It started, I, my understanding is it started with, you know, five or 10,000 um, participants in the study, and then they, they developed the app and went up to like half a million uh, participants, uh, and they're already seeing uh, benefits. And I just, you know, they sent me an email and said, hey, if you just no, if we notice anything irregular about your heart, now that you're a part of the system, now that we have so much data and we're starting to understand patterns of irregularities, we're going to connect you via FaceTime to a physician to give you further information and tell you where to go immediately once we see that from you. So they're, they're watching my heart. Uh, I have to imagine that size data set uh, is, is something that is uh, sort of a, a harbinger of things to come uh, in, in helping search get better. Am I wrong? I don't think I don't think you're wrong. I mean, we've we've been talking a, a lot about and, and one of the things that we have to reconcile as a business, you know, some business to business rather than like business to consumer, right? So, you know, what access in organizations when they think about how how effective can I be at at AI based analytics? And what you're talking about is the the predictive and suggestive side of AI, which is what what can I predict from the data set and then what from that can I can I suggest to someone? And we think about search, we think about search suggestions and you know, other people have looked for this, the things that you kind of see on Amazon, right? So in a in a consumer world, and the exact example you have there, I got you know half a million people, five hundred, you know, thousand people that are sending the data, but in a in a company, I've only got you know five, ten, fifteen thousand people that are searching. Uh, so we do we do get this precipice of do we have enough data to feed the AI engine to to really make it valuable, right? So how do you overcome that? I mean, Microsoft overcomes it. The the Graph API in O three sixty five is based on likely the collective patterns of everyone that uses O365, right? So the, those massive data sets. So that's one of the ones that I've been thinking a lot about. I'm interested, Jeff, in your take on this. What do you think from a corporate perspective? Are we going to get the data sets that we need to drive this? Or are we going to have to leverage patterns that people are finding in larger data sets? Uh, I think this is part of what's behind search as a service getting more mature. Because in order to do this kind of finesse and this kind of machine learning, you need mills, millions of examples. And if you're going to personalize down the smaller the population, the less data you have. So even in a larger, large organization, you don't really have enough data to do a lot of learning. That's, uh, there's a new book out around learning to rank. And there was just a search conference in uh, in North Carolina, and, uh, that's a, that was a, only about this subject uh, about about search ranking and applying machine learning to it, which is intuitively something that you want, and which many search vendors have been touting just with pure hype. But if you have a search service like Google does, or like uh, Azure Search or Elastic Cloud, if people are willing to share their data, you can really learn from it. And the other the other trend, which sort of comes back to your heart rate monitor that I see a lot, is uh, the, you know, for me, long-awaited convergence of structured and unstructured data in these kind of information-seeking systems. That, that the heart rate example is all structured it's numerical you know the provenance you know if it came from a fitbit or not a lot of enterprise search tends to be very unstructured and then you spend um, a lot of either 
smart machines or laborious people creating metadata. Um, I, I think we'll see a lot more mix, and I'm already seeing examples of that, um, where there really is structured, relatively high trust data that you can mix with this unstructured data and and use to good effect. That's great. That's a great point. I mean, I, I think <clears throat> that is one of the things that from a from the search industry that you know things that got that have us excited or me excited specifically. Right. The Azure search, Elastic Cloud, some of these others, you know, that, that are, that are growing up this, this service based approach, which is, uh, you know, gone are the times when I have to build a huge search farm and, and manage an index and put a bunch of people behind it. I can, I can spin up this service. And in doing that, you know, I get all the benefits that you would expect from the cloud, but, but the stuff you're speaking to there, Jeff, which is there, there's patterns and learning that can now happen because we we are we're taking part of this aggregate data set, and it doesn't mean that you have to kind of expose your backend data, right? You expose kind of entity concepts and you expose user behavior and things like that, and and can can value be brought of the fact that there's there's now a collective intelligence that's out there working on this, and I think I think some of the things that we're hearing out of uh, you know the Azure search world, even even being for business, and Jeff, I know you, you you've worked with that group, and I've started working with them. That they're merging that that being consumer capability with that workplace capability, and they're starting to layer in some AI and some suggestion, and so they they have this kind of best of both worlds where they've got that that pattern behavior that they're learning from consumers, and they've got this business data now, and they can make some con- some kind of connections between the two and and deliver a better experience, and so. Uh, I think we're going to see more and more of that. Yeah, certainly Bing for Business, is that's their play, is they're trying to take the intelligence that they get from Bing, which has enormous amounts of data, because all of these algorithms are like, just like speech recognition, this web search is he with the most data wins, Um, and applying it in a business context. And the good thing is exactly what you said. You can you can learn from these patterns. You have enough data to learn from. The bad thing is that it's generic. You, what you're learning is generic, and you're often learning consumery things that don't apply in the context of a business. So I'm very interested to see how that balance plays out. Most enterprises need more control and more tailoring and more domain specificity than you'll get from that kind of pooling of consumer data. Um, and you see that with the image tagging, you know, the out-of-the-box image tagging stuff is great on a lot of consumer kind of areas of puppies on green lawns, but you still need to put put work into it if you're trying to recognize what brand of electrical generator is that. You have to train it. have to train it on your own data. It's actually funny um doing some of the ai research that we're doing and, and looking for you know who who are some integration partners out there i don't know if you've looked into this but uh, came came across some actually pretty compelling capabilities out of facebook right so facebook has their facebook for business capabilities they're starting to go up you know kind of toe to toe with microsoft teams and so others are getting a little bit of traction but they've been able to do some pretty cool ai stuff because i i'd, I'd venture to say Facebook probably has access to 
the pattern, uh, you know, a, a, a pattern of human behavior and, and access to that data that no one else has, right? So, yeah, you know, they, they basically have a, a corner of the market on, you know, what do people do and how do they act and how do they interact with each other? They were able to, to use that to kind of power messenger bots and put the messenger bots into their workplace integrations so that they can build kind of quick and dirty integrations. Something interesting, we were talking about the bots, but the other thing they were able to do is their image recognition, and it was genius, right? So, so when they were training their image recognition capabilities, they incorporated in hashtags. So not only did they have the image, they had the hashtags that people put on it, hashtag party, hashtag this, hashtag kitten, you know, just what you were talking about. And something like 85% accuracy in their AI when they were done with training it, which when you have billions of users and billions of images to lead in there, you can, you can get that kind of accuracy. But my hope is, is that eventually there's this tipping point and they kind of crack the nut that, okay, we've got it to the point where the training now is inherent. And it's able to recognize all this stuff, and then then businesses can really start gaining traction with it. So I was I was interested to see, and I think that that Facebook is starting to pop up in some of these other areas from a business perspective, and we're going to start seeing their name, uh, a, a you know, a little bit more in some of these areas. Yeah, I see more of that for the Facebook business, where you as a business are advertising and involved with Facebook than workplace by Facebook. And I, I know we've had mm-hmm. um, uh, the a couple of folks on this podcast that talked about where workplace by Facebook is. Um, that's the sleeper. And I think that that is what you're talking about, Sean, is that that's right. going to get a lot smarter, a lot quicker. It will be interesting to see. But yeah, that's what I was what I was interested in. Yeah. All right, so we're uh, these are the things you're working on. What's keeping you up at night, guys? What are the challenges that you're facing here in 2018 that you uh, uh, that that has you uh, has you questioning the direction of search beyond the hype cycle? Well, I, I have this perennial problem for years that what keeps me up is this under awareness and under investment in search because this deployments of search can be really good. At BA Insight, we see lots of good examples, and we have all of this sophisticated, um, really cool stuff that we have just been talking about. But the average state of deployments in business still sucks. And my the thing that keeps me up at night is um, really this impatience and, to some extent, frustration that it's people's awareness that they really can do much better is still growing too slowly. Yeah, I, I like that. And I guess what what keeps me up at night or what I've been really thinking a lot about recently is call it the magic bullet syndrome or the easy button syndrome where it goes talk back to a little bit about the, the danger of AI hype is the, the concept or the idea that people go, well, just make it AI driven and it, and then it'll be great or we'll, we'll just press this button and and it'll be and it'll be awesome and so making sure that people understand how to kind of navigate that world and and understand that from a marketing perspective everyone's going to talk about their AI capabilities we do it right we we've got it all over the place we're talking about it here we've got blogs but we want I want to make sure that the market's educated 
to dig into that and say, okay, you, you said AI, but what, what do you mean? Where, where are you using it? How are you, how are you driving your recommendations, right? Because, you know, th- the easy answer to that is proprietary algorithm, right? Which is, okay, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not asking you to tell me how you, how you cook the meal, but I'm asking you to explain to me the concepts that you put behind it. So I want to make sure that people understand, and, and I'm worried that, that, that they'll get caught up in this you know, do you have AI? And the answer is yes or no. Well, that's not really the answer. The answer is how do you leverage it? How have you how have you partnered and how have you integrated that with that? And then how are you going to kind of protect someone from the way that the market's going to change? Because it's changing fast and people are integrating. And, and the leader today may not be the leader tomorrow. So what type of flexibility do you have to allow that? So I, I, I think what worries me is that is that the not enough questions are asked, not enough deep understanding is there. Uh, and, and you, and you go into these implementations thinking that, that, you know, yeah, it's AI driven. So it's, it's going to be great and it can be great. And we've seen it be great, but it, it takes, you know, some of that understanding of tactically, how, where are we going to leverage it? And are we leveraging it in the right way? And are we, and are we kind of, you know, talking about it and communicating about it on the right ways? I think, I think I worry a little bit about that. Yeah, things still it still takes work and you still have to be smart about the way you ap- approach things especially because things are changing so fast. Yeah. And uh, you know, I think Sean, you've done a really good job in terms of making sure in customer projects that people don't get backed into a corner by technology changing. Right. Um and that that's sort of been the philosophy of BA Insight all along, but it it takes both the technology and the the people change management kind of stuff to make that work. Right. Yeah, we were talking about the other day that that in in, in one of the presentations that we've done is that you know the kind of the cyclical nature of, of projects, right? Where where you know you kind of started out with this this best of breed approach because no no one company could do what you need and that and that that was that, but it wasn't they didn't integrate really well. So we call it like bad best best of breed, and then and then someone said, well, let's just all make it one system. So everybody brought it together and said well, we can control everything, and that was that was no best of breed. And so then you're relying on one company to try to innovate, and we're we're kind of co- turning that corner now, where we're seeing that we can finally get great best of breed because the cloud integration frameworks, the APIs, the things that people have built are finally of the point where yes, let's let's build it so all of these capabilities can take advantage of each other and so i can i can start here i can i can use this bot framework i can use this search engine and that can get me so far and then i decide i need this other search engine to fit this other need let me snap that one in and let me switch my bot out to this other one because they're making some great advances and it's that kind of flexibility that i think is going to allow people to determine that you know these search projects aren't spend 2 years building it use it for 3 years and replace it they're build it quickly and then you can continue to interchange your pieces you know it's like a it's like a robot right keep making the robot better you got a better arm replace it snap a new one on there i think that's what i want to see people think about these search applications as you know kits that we've put together with the best capabilities that we've got and when a new capability comes along snap one out snap one in uh, and just make it better 
So Pete, what keeps you up at night? You haven't shared that with us. Is it, is it <laughs> whether <laughs> no, whether you can snap a new arm on or not? <laughs> no, no, no. It's definitely why hasn't Google called me with its robot yet? This is, you know, it's it's bringing my robot overlord fantasy to life. <laughs> uh, Jeff, I thought you would have known that by now about me. Yes. Uh, I, 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 this is uh, definitely uh, this worked for for Voltron. Uh, you know, snapping pieces in and out. It, it 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 worked for them. It should work for the rest of us. But that does sound like a, something that's been a dream for a long time, and yet, uh, sadly, not a reality for so many businesses. And uh, it sounds like that's something that's uh, that that could could be very exciting. Uh, yeah, and I, I think halfway through 2018, seeing that be real, I like the way Sean put it that the the pendulum swang way over and yeah. and and back. But it's back in a world that is much more modular. And you just need to have something that really brings the pieces together in a, in a pluggable way. Well, it's, I, I love the way you put that, uh, because the world, it, it seems like we're in a place where certainly from a development perspective, I, and maybe I should pose this more as a question, like we are we're in a place where there is decreasing platform anxiety or platform, you know, antagonism uh, and, uh, you know, more of a willingness to to explore modularly. Uh, and, and that seems like we're in a, that's a, a very exciting and opportunistic place to be. Yeah, and I think it's part of it's that we have this arms race and we have multiple vendors, multiple superpowers coming out with stuff like crazy. And if you have tied your horse 100% to any one of them, you can you can feel how you've left, uh, how, how you're losing out. Yep. And I'm sure you said this before. Because, I think the most exciting part about that AI arms race is that the arms race is right now is really for the developers, right? They're, they're winning yeah. the hearts and minds of the developers. They're not starting with the business, right? So, and good or bad, right? So we've all been in projects where, where the biz, business people, and I'm a business person went and said, and, and, and they bought something. They said, yeah, I bought this. Uh, and it's supposed to do this here, guys, make it go do that. <laughs> right. And, <laughs> and the developers like, okay, great. Um, you know, but, but, the AI arms race is at the developer level. Let, and those, you know, these are the guys that are going to have to build this. And so the fact that that's where the battle is happening is, is exciting to me because th- what's, what's going to win in that is what's going to be really great at all the stuff we're talking about. Being modular, easy to implement, has a lot of data behind it, right? And so, so it's exciting to see that, that that battleground is with the geeks, right? Yeah. No, it was a very, very <laughs> funny. We just have finished the the and I, I remember blogging about this last year that Google and Microsoft have synchronous shows the, the Google Next which I'll be going to and uh, Microsoft Ignite which I've also will be going to they're pretty close to each other and Google I/O and Microsoft Build are you know back to back weeks so it, it's a very clear demonstration of sort of this arms race and they talk about almost exactly the same thing when amazon comes up with a new well this was a great example amazon came up with an elastic search based search on on amazon and then so did google and then did so did microsoft it's uh very much an arms race and I guess in a in a few years, for for any of you Westworld fans out there, you'll be able to send you know your host replica of you to one, and your actual you can go to the other. 
So you'll be able to no attend spoilers, both, right? So just in a couple of years. Yeah, no spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I've seen how that ended last season. I haven't started this season, but it, it doesn't go well. Right. This is not <laughs> not aspirational. <laughs> Uh, well, this is, in spite of all uh, Westworld references, uh, there is a lot of opportunity, it sounds like, here. And, uh, uh, you know, hail to the geeks. Uh, good luck, everybody. This has been a great conversation. Thank you, everybody, for your time and attention. Particularly, thank you, Sean Coleman and Jeff Freed, for uh, joining the sh- this show platform once again. It's great to hear your voices. Thanks to both of you. And I'm glad that you enjoyed talking to my bot. <laughs> it is the best bot we've uh, spoken to yet. <laughs> <laughs> so far uh, um, um, uh, you gotta watch the d- demo you'll get that joke I, I promise uh, thank you everybody uh, on behalf of Jeff and Sean I'm Pete Wright we'll catch you next time right here on Shared Insights the podcast from BA Insight